0: Welcome one and all to this next episode of the Revcast. I'm Pastor Mike.
1: I'm Pastor Bree.
0: <laughs> and this is not the first time we've done this today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just had to re-record our opening because I introduced myself as Pastor Bree.
1: And I was very confused because it's, I'm Pastor Bree. <laughs> it
0: is, it is, it is just that kind of day, folks.
1: It must be a Monday. Uh, Ooh,
0: doggy. <laughs> but but uh, Monday of Mondays this is, this is going to be the first time uh, in the, this will be, I think this is the fourth episode of the, the RevCast. storied history of the yes, RevCast. Yes, the first time in our storied history that we are actually going to be on the same scripture. <laughs> nice. About
1: time you caught up with the program here.
0: No kidding. Oh, I do have to say, though, uh, I have had, uh, uh, I've still had a lot of fun. It's still fun talking about the stuff. Good and the things and the junk.
1: That's so surprising. You would enjoy talking and talking about the Bible.
0: Oh yeah. It's
1: not usually in your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. It's yeah yeah. So I do get to uh, say by way of check in from from uh, the previous week's uh, sermon because we did we did talk we had a conversation uh, and uh, and I was not on that same scripture. I was starting off our our stewardship campaign uh, at Trinity and uh, um. It was it was a rough rough sermon writing week.
1: You had a really rough week. We almost had to do a, like a cast that wasn't recorded on your scripture, so that you could talk through it and figure Pre- out where you wanted to go. Pretty
0: close. So it was one of those things where uh, uh, early in the week, uh, you and I went for a walk, or we were at a store, something. We were walking around somewhere, and I came up like with with the. The line everything was going to hang on, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, giving should be a sacrifice, but it shouldn't be a burden. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I'm going to use that for years to come because it's perfect. But, um, <laughs> in my humble opinion, you're so uh, modest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how to get to that? Um, in the scripture I was in, and it just, it became, when, when you uh, did uh, what I thought was going to be uh, the final read-through on Saturday uh, before dinner, uh, it was so heavy, so clunky, so, ugh. But I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was, yeah. And so I wound up, like, I'm sitting through dinner and I couldn't think, or I, I couldn't stop thinking about how this is just... Not gonna work, uh, and so I went back and did pretty much a full rewrite after dinner Saturday night, which which is a little stressful, but um,
1: it worked out well.
0: It did. It worked we out. We got s-
1: there eventually. Yes. But Sometimes you know, Holy Spirit, you don't have to wait until the last minute. Exactly. Uh, you could move in us earlier.
0: Exactly. Um, but uh, as as first stewardship sermons in a new church go. Um, I, I got lots of uh, positive feedback. Um, I had uh, several uh, folks who, uh, with with churches, you know, you have folks that are that are on fixed incomes that have uh, different different financial struggles, and I had several people tell me uh, that it was the that, that that whole giving should be a sacrifice, but it shouldn't be a burden, uh, is the first time that they can remember not feeling shame uh in in the course of like they can't give as much and they feel shame about that because usually right a stewardship campaign is always like can you step it up a notch come on people give a little more um so so i was very much glad we took i took the time to to do the rewrite um and uh uh, and glad that it, it it had some of that impact for folks um yeah Good job. Yeah. So uh let's let's do the the, the breakdown on, on where yours went.
1: So I ended up um starting the conversation with heroes, which we did not talk about, I don't think, on the last RevCast. I don't think so. Funny story. Um so I have this guilty pleasure. I watch dancing with the stars. Um please save your <laughs> angry letters. Um, it's it's just nice mindless sort of sure. uh, yeah and they did heroes week this week and that got me thinking about what what is a hero you know is a hero really a disney princess um and holding that up in juxtaposition with with jesus statement about if you want to be the greatest being the servant of all so i did end up going um I think I mentioned at the RevCast last week the, the janitor at the hospital when our son was sick, lifting right. him up as an example of what a hero really looks like. Not somebody who's showing up to win a medal or to wear a crown, but showing up to do the right thing because they know that it matters um, and because it's important and impacts people's lives, even when it is sort of this dirty, thankless work that, that uh, no one perhaps notices or appreciates um, but but showing up and doing it, what what greatness really looks like. This idea that perhaps we're looking for heroes in the wrong places. Uh, we lift up you know we lift up gazillionaires as heroes, and <laughs> maybe that's not where Jesus would have us be looking for our heroes. No. Um, so I I played with that. So some of the themes that we did talk about came through, but it was framed around this idea of heroes, thanks to. Heroes this, Week. You
0: know, <laughs> no, you know what? The inspiration comes where it comes it from. comes where it comes, yes. Uh, this, this episode will be the uh, the one with Dancing with the Stars. Oh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if any of you all have noticed, but that's I, I've been going with the, the friends naming scheme for, <laughs> for yes. these episodes.
1: It makes Mike happy to come up with, what is the one obscure line in yes. this episode that I can use to be the title for the episode? <laughs>
0: The one with the smelly cat. No, um, yeah. So, so that's uh, the sermons. The sermons worked. I really appreciated yours when I did the read through on Saturday. Um, it the the flow of it um it it hung together nicely well
1: and and thank you because a large part of that too was I ran with that idea of the story that you're in which was your idea when we did the rev cast right. was not something that was on my mind but thinking about why the disciples couldn't see this model of greatness that Jesus was trying to show them um I used the metaphor of using um colored lenses in Uh your glasses and how after a minute or two, you don't even notice that there are colors you don't see or everything looks green, everything looks dark, whatever it is, you, you adjust, um, and the story that we're in is like wearing those lenses. There are things we just can't even see, and we don't even realize that we're not seeing them until we have the courage to take those lenses off.
0: Yeah, I'm, I may have had the, the idea of the, the different stories, but bringing in the, the rose-tinted, green-tinted glasses, uh, that was beautiful. Oh, thank um, you. That, 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 that whole thing... Um, just tied together, and I know I know that might not be very interesting to any of you. Um, but as as people who who uh, whose churches expect them to write a new sermon every week, I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, being able to to have these these thoughts and ideas, and sometimes uh, to get to where you're going, you have to take a lot of steps. Um, to get it all there, hanging together nicely. Uh, is is something that somebody could read and totally follow along or somebody could uh listen to without having to take notes and go huh what are they talking about you know the it, it's it's an important part of the process yeah uh and it is the part of the process uh that that sometimes annoys me the most <laughs> um yeah So anyway. Sometimes uh,
1: that's the biggest thing when we read each other's sermons is reminding the other person, so this person maybe didn't listen to the Revcast. They haven't been a part of this conversation. I know where you're coming from. I know where you're trying to go. But you need to say it in a way that other people who are hearing it for the first time can catch up.
0: Yeah, so I remember when... uh, So most of... I've been in Christian ministry for 20 plus years. Most of the time... Uh, that had been that that had been youth ministry at least fifteen years of that uh, is youth ministry and youth ministry youth sermons are were I never wrote anything out it was always like fly by the seat of your pants I know about where I want to get to and I'm just gonna let things happen they're kids they're you know we I'm gonna get them the line and it's gonna be good um and and preaching in front of a whole congregation was like. Uh, If I'm lucky, uh, once or twice a year, maybe once, maybe once a quarter, uh, depending on where I was at. And when you're only writing one sermon every three, four months, um, you have a lot of time to To perfect and make things uh, really, really good, and so, so as a youth pastor, as a young youth pastor, you get it in your head: oh, everybody loves it when I preach. <laughs> the senior pastor, they never hear that; um, it, they don't get the accolades out, you know. And you, and you get that in your head, uh, and then you come to to the point where we're at now, where we uh, conservatively are preaching what forty six weeks a year. Um, at least, at least <laughs> 46 sermons a year, uh, at least, uh, and, uh, and having to be able to do that consistently, um, really takes, uh, t- it takes, takes a lot of work to get things to, to hang right and feel right. And, uh, uh, in baseball terms, at least get onto base each week. Yeah. So, so yeah. All right. So before we get into stuff for uh this week where where we're on the same scripture, uh we got to do this. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have the hacks, hacks of, life. of life. The hacks of life. That's right. The hacks of life brought to you uh by me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Life hack number 294. You can burn up to a hundred and eighty calories while watching a horror movie, really. It's what the Life hack says, uh, and I chose this one specifically because we are in the month of October, uh drawing drawing closer and closer to Halloween and uh and I'm the only one in this house that watches horror movies.
1: yes, you are
0: you would you would think I'd be thinner <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think uh, I think it negates the calories you're burning if you're also snacking while you're watching uh, a movie. At least that, it balances that, them out.
0: That that's probably truth. Yes. All right. So what do you got for us in uh, this week in history, Pastor Bree? I've Brie?
1: got a lot. Ooh. This was a busy week in history. I had a hard time making decisions. So you're just going to get a lot of history. All right. Why not? Hit me. Uh, uh, this week, October 25th, 1881, Pablo Picasso was born. Ooh. One of the founders of the Cubist movement. Uh, I did not know, but I found out his first exhibition was at the age of 13.
0: I think I knew that.
1: And he continued to prolifically produce artwork right up until his death at the age of 91. So his whole life was and all it, about And artwork. it wasn't
0: that long ago. No, it wasn't. Um, maybe in the last... 40 years, something
1: yeah, like that. Yeah, I want to say the 90s. I don't yeah. have that written down. Um, let's see if he was born in 1881 and he lived to 91. It'd
0: have been mm, 80s, 70s, 70s, somewhere 70, in there, 72. anyway. But still, relatively recently. recent. Yes,
1: relatively recent. When you're you trying think, to do math on the fly, you know,
0: <laughs> folks, we're preachers. We, we are it majored m- in theology, yeah. not in mathematics. It majored in theology for a reason. Uh.
1: <laughs> All right, one day later, October 26th, 1881, it was the shootout at the O.K. Corral. Wow. The Earp brothers faced off against the Clanton McClory gang in the legendary shootout. Uh, the two groups were struggling for the control of Tombstone Tombstone, and the county. Mm-hmm. The famous gunfight lasted all of 30 seconds.
0: That's not what the movie makes it out to be. 30
1: seconds and 30 shots were fired.
0: The, there were more than 30 shots in the movie is all I'm saying.
1: And the wounded Earps and Doc Holliday were charged with murder but found not guilty. They were found to be, quote, fully justified in committing those homicides.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, yes, curious piece of history.
0: So so Tombstone is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, the the back and forth between Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer just I love it. Yeah. Uh, the the way they portray those characters, um, I know it is probably very very far off from actual history. Um, but like to this day, uh, I I will still on occasion uh, look for opportunities to use the line, "I'm your Huckleberry." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's such a story that is caught. The imagination. And so, because it's been told and retold so many different ways, yeah. the story of the shootout at the OK Corral. So, there you go. That was this week in history. Um, this week, October 29, 1929, the stock market crashed.
0: Also, 50 years later to the day I was born.
1: Exactly. It was foreshadowing <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, st- stock market no crash. stock market crash. Yes, yeah. setting off the the Great Depression. October 29th, nineteen ninety eight. Any guesses? I turned
0: eighteen. Nineteen, wasn't it? Nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen
1: ninety eight.
0: I would have turned eight. No, i turned nineteen. Turn 19. Look 19. at us trying yeah. to do math again today.
1: <sighs> John Glenn returned to space. Oh, yeah. Nearly four decades after he was the first human to orbit the Earth, he launched into space aboard the Space Shuttle Discovery. At the time, the 77-year-old was the oldest human to travel into space, and they studied the effects of space travel on aging.
0: Not anymore.
1: Not anymore. That's why I said at the time.
0: William Shatner, James Tiberius Kirk himself, has been to the edge of space.
1: Yes. But he wasn't up there for nine days or whatever it was that... uh
0: No, it was more like... It was closer to nine seconds than nine days. <laughs> yes.
1: And finally, October 30th, 1939, Orson Welles' War of the World radio play was broadcast. Oh. It was not, in, so it was not intended to be a hoax, right? They right. started the program by saying, "This is fiction. This is a radio drama." But then they switched to like music playing, and then they broke into that with these emergency broadcasts. You know, something strange has happened. But a lot of Americans were on a different station. Sure. There was a famous ventriloquist who was doing a comedy act. And so they listened for like 12 minutes to this comedy act. And then they switched to some singer nobody cared about. Uh So they changed stations and ended up in the middle of this broadcast that was presented as this is a work of fiction. But people missed that. And so... I mean there was a whole investigation no, yeah. into whether this 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 like no laws were broken but it was a really scary it, time for folks who didn't realize that this was not actually happening.
0: Oh that yeah. Uh, what year was that? That was 1939. Uh, yeah. Who like these days people are so stinking skeptical. Yeah. of of anything that I, d- I don't know that that the kind of panic that happened uh well think of think of the
1: anxiety that was present in the world in 1939 to begin with everybody's on edge to start with and then to (laughs)
0: like (laughs) the world is messed up enough and now aliens really Yes. (laughs) yes. yeah oh yeah very
1: very fascinating so that's what i got for you i was also going to mention that that, uh this week in history uh pastor mike was born but
0: I, i i I have no problem. I have no problem. uh, Self-promoting my birthday.
1: Yes, I've noticed.
0: What are we doing for my birthday?
1: Uh, Michaela has a water polo (laughs) celebration.
0: (laughs) Awesome! That's great.
1: That was that was like our no, literally your birthday because the kids have a half day of school. It was Uh like our one day. There's no swim practice. There's no swim meets. There's like we actually had a night off. And then we get a message yesterday that it's the end of the water polo season celebration. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, she really should go
0: to that. Oh, no, but... she has to go.
1: Oh, we were going to have a family I... night.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, I, it, would, it, would, it would devastate me, though. Like, she worked so hard She worked water so polo right
1: hard. There. She made a lot of friends. Yeah. yeah oh, she yeah. Needs, so, she needs to do that. So our plans for your birthday are in flux. You can come to Trunk or Treat at my church on the 30th.
0: Oh, boy.
1: That would be a good birthday celebration for you. I'd let you wear a costume and everything.
0: Do I get candy?
1: If you wear a costume.
0: Done. All right.
1: I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I'm new to this (laughs) church. (laughs) I'm going to guess we can rustle up some candy for you. All right. Then we're
0: good. Then we're good. All right. All right. So uh, we're going to get into our scripture for this week. But before we do that, uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for our time together. Help us all as we listen to the word, as we discuss it, as we seek to know you more. Bless us. Open our hearts, open our minds, that we may follow you more closely. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Our scripture for this week from froms 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 comes the comes. Our scripture for this week <laughs> comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter ten, verses forty-six through fifty-two. They came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the reading for us today.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: You know, it's funny. This is one of the first scripture that I remember preaching on. Not the first, but one of the first scriptures that I remember preaching on um, back when I was in that gap year so I took a year after seminary I was very young I was very much not prepared to be anybody's pastor so I took an extra year went to went to school a little bit more uh, got my feet under me it worked out well that ended up being the year that uh, that you and I connected and got engaged and got married uh, so that was it was a good choice in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but during that year, I preached a sermon on blind Bartimaeus, and I remember very vividly the illustration in the sermon. Um, I had been going, I was going to school near Chicago, and my grandmother was visiting family in Zion and invited me to come and to to have lunch with her or something while she was over in, in that part of the, the neck of the woods um and so i was driving to zion and i was driving and i was driving and i was driving and i knew it was on the right road but i was going in the wrong direction and it took me a really long time to realize i was going because i saw signs for you know the zion church i was like oh okay good i'm getting close sure but you know zion doesn't always mean zion right when i was a kid i thought zion meant Zion where we went to visit family and I didn't understand why we had all these hymns about going to Zion. Marching to Zion. Um, And so it was this very embarrassing story about how I drove almost an hour in the wrong direction and had to turn around then and go back and go (laughs) finally I found her. But I have no idea what the point of the sermon was. I actually preached the sermon twice. (laughs) (laughs) so I remember telling this story about going to Zion and getting lost.
0: No, I remember. But
1: I don't remember what the point of it was but I know it was blind Bartimaeus. <laughs>
0: so so it was it, it I I remember that sermon actually. I remember you preaching that sermon. Okay. There there are two sermons I remember from back then and this is one of them. Uh this was uh Blind Bartimaeus' prayer here is is uh Jesus Christ, Son of David, have mercy on me. Yes. Super quick, simple prayer. Yes. And uh as you were trying to find your way to Zion, as you were realizing you were lost, it was a uh, very quick, simple prayer. Hmm. Uh, oh God, help! Oh God, help! <laughs> that that kind of thing. Um, it was was how the story I think worked into the the blind Bartimaeus.
1: Wow, that is not what I thought.
0: Yeah, and there was another one. Um, the one I remember most vividly. I don't remember the scripture. Uh, I don't remember this the. the the overall theme of the sermon, but I know you started and like, it started really heavy and then got heavier, uh, like really down depressing kind of. And then you're, then you're like, and now I invite you to stand and open your hymnals. (laughs) And everybody pulls out their hymnals and stands and you laugh and you're like, wouldn't it be horrible if that's where this ended? (laughs) Oh, I laughed so hard. Um, that might I, have
1: been the Katrina sermon because I preached a sermon during that year, it might right have after been. Katrina. Might have been. That was one but of I, those you snuck in for.
0: Yeah, but I I remember very much uh, like it, it's always in my head that at some point I want to I want to work that into a sermon somewhere. It's I fun. To... It's
1: fun to do. You really depress yeah. people, and then you go and now let us pray, fake them out, and yeah. go, oh, isn't it good that that's not where the story ends so we had the cats locked in yeah, another room and happened. they apparently figured out how to open the door because now all of a sudden there's a cat making love to my microphone well not making love to but rubbing her face on uh so if you hear anything funny happening
0: so this is the uh the part of the show where we test out the pause function in our recording <laughs> and we're back
1: Cats I think. successfully wrangled
0: Yes, we're back. <laughs> yes, cats are <laughs> cats are successfully wrangled. Uh, one of them was uh, apparently out and about and uh, uh, managed to uh, do a jailbreak. Do A jailbreak for the other
1: two, yes.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so so there was um, the 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 quick prayer uh, and then the uh, uh, stop in the middle and <laughs> and people were just like, all right, I'll sing the hymn, and even though that's a really depressing place to stop.
1: See, it's interesting because I think if I were going to use that illustration now, I'm not sure that I would use it for Blind Bartimaeus. But there's this sense of um, going in the wrong direction. Yeah. So in the story, we continue this. We we've been walking right along through Mark, almost all of Mark over the last few. Well, not you. We have. haven't. We haven't <laughs> missed much. It's been going conse- consecutively in the story. Right. Um. And right after this episode with Bartimaeus, we have Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem in the beginning of Holy Week. And so that's where we stand in this story. Um, the the disciples have been missing where Jesus is going. Three times now he has told them, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be killed, and then the third day I'm going to rise again. Once Peter said, no, Lord, that won't happen. Uh, Once James and John said, that sounds great. Let us sit at your right and left hands when that happens. Um, They didn't get it. They didn't get the story that was happening. And now we're right in this pivotal moment of the story. And we we encounter Bartimaeus, who is on the side of the road, but doesn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Like he's just stuck. This is his spot. This is where he begs for mercy. This is where he hopes that people will have enough pity to give him enough to make it through another day. And you have the crowd following Jesus, who think they know where they're going, and at the same time they hear this man crying out for mercy, and they go, "Shush, <laughs> we don't have time for you. We are busy." They they try to they order him to be quiet, and and Bartimaeus perseveres. Like he, the blind man, has a better sense of where Jesus is going than the disciples and the crowds mm. who have seen him and walked with him. Um, they think that they're going to this triumphal, militaristic, wonderful, conquering moment. Yeah. And Bartimaeus knows that it's about mercy. It's about healing. And so, like, just this this idea of you're going in the wrong direction. You have yeah. to turn around and go in the right direction to get there.
0: So, so there are things. I, I this this passage in particular, um, like yes. Ha <laughs> ha, it's the joke. I love every passage. It's all my favorite. But, is this
1: one of your favorites?
0: Uh, it is. and and <laughs> But but there are a lot of things going on in here uh, that I think are just, uh, are either interesting or, or flat out amazing. Uh, so first off, the very first verse, they enter Jericho, and as they're leaving Jericho. Yeah. Um, Jericho's a pretty big place. So stuff's, stuff's going on. Stuff's got to be happening. Um, but Bartimaeus, where he sits uh, on the way out of Jericho, on the way up to Jerusalem, uh, is a pretty smart place to sit. Mm-hmm. Because pilgrims going to Jerusalem, um, that's going to be uh, people who are who should at least have their minds set a little bit on mercy and on charity and on uh, things bigger than themselves. So Bartimaeus sitting at that particular place uh, uh, exit entrance point uh, of Jericho is pretty smart, uh, I think. Um, and yeah, for me, there's there's the 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 big the big themes here for me um, are the exclusion. Um, Jesus has already made a couple big promotions of children being important, mm-hmm. um, and now here we are uh Bartimaeus a blind man is, is it say blind from birth um i forget um just okay Bartimaeus is blind we don't know from birth but he's blind he's begging uh he's in he's in the smart spot to be uh but he's also excluded uh and and he's he's excluded cuz these people are telling him hush but he's also excluded because uh people with those kinds of uh, injuries or deformities or or things in in that culture, we're often pushed to the fringe, mm-hmm. to the periphery, uh, and so so Bartimaeus uh, is there in a in a in, in yeah a smart place. If he has family, uh, which we don't really hear, we while well, he's got a dad, but we don't know where the family is, right? Um, so so somebody helps him to get there. Is the assumption maybe? um or not um but he has to get there uh but everybody else is is on the exclusionary path with him um but then when when Jesus calls the attitude of everybody changes mm-hmm. because oh we're going to get to see the thing <laughs> we're going to get to see the the miracle there's going to be let's see what Jesus does with this Um, so, so the exclusion stands out to me. And then the next thing that stands out to me is, is the line Mark includes about Bartimaeus throwing off his cloak. Yes. That, that to me is bigger than the miracle itself. Um, is, is, as I read the scriptures often what I try to do. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of people try to do this isn't anything unique. Uh, but I try to put myself into the different uh, people's lives that we're hearing about. And put myself into the position of a blind man who is begging. Uh, in In that day and age, I don't care how generous the pilgrims on the way to Jerusalem are, you're going to be poor. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't have another cloak at home. Uh, you probably don't have a home. And... Um, and for him to throw off the cloak
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh as a blind person who is gonna then be hard pressed if he doesn't get the miracle uh to find that cloak again um is is pretty uh it speaks to his faith well the, your the... your
1: cloak was your shelter it right. was it was everything
0: right so he throws off everything um to go meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the third big thing and it and it ties into that uh, is Jesus Jesus doesn't do the uh I'm gonna spit in the ground, make mud, cover your eyes. Jesus just says, your faith has healed you. Go. Uh and what we know about Bartimaeus is that he doesn't go. He follows. Yeah. He follows Jesus. And we're never told that he goes back for the cloak.
1: Yeah. It's a, um, it's a contrast in a lot of ways to the story we heard a couple of weeks ago about the rich young man yeah. who was challenged to give up what he had and to come and follow Jesus, and he couldn't do it. And here we have this poor blind man who, without even knowing what he's going to receive, gives up everything. And is committed to following Jesus.
0: And this is the thing: is Jesus didn't even say "Follow me." No, like at this point in the narrative, Jesus Jesus eyes are fixed on Jerusalem. Jesus knows what's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the triumphal entry. It's turning over the tables. Uh, it's. Uh, Difficult conversations. It's it's uh, uh, last week for me was uh, calling the scribes devourers of widows' houses. Some of the harshest words you hear from Jesus. Uh, The the Last Supper, the washing of the feet, uh, the the Passion in the Garden, and eventual death and resurrection. Um, very much like if I'm walking that path, if that's and I'm not Jesus, but if I'm walking a path that I know that the destination um is or the path from here on out is going to be very difficult uh and and I'm able to have this mercy to help this person um I, I don't think I'm going to say follow me. I'm going to say go uh, be blessed. live your life. um and uh it's a and, hard and time to jump into discipleship. Yeah. But Bartimaeus there's no question for him. Yeah. Um and and I and I love that. Um, and we don't really hear about Bartimaeus again. Mm -mm. Um, but I would, I would, as, as we, as we use our imagination, uh, I would, I would probably figure he was not far, uh, from the action, uh, of, of the next, the week, the week of the passion.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering. Uh huh thinking as I go here, so this may go nowhere, but I'm thinking about, so in John's gospel, the last miracle before the passion is the raising of Lazarus. Yes. This sort of pinnacle miracle overcoming of the the grief overcoming of death. In Mark's gospel, the last miracle before the passion is the healing of Bartimaeus. Correct. I don't think that the authors of the gospel chose those miracles by accident so i'm thinking about the symbolism here of of overcoming of blindness of commitment and following and discipleship and i'm also wondering if there's significance as you said we have this this note they entered jericho they left jericho so we know they're like right outside of jericho and thinking of where jericho stands in the story as this place where walls come tumbling down through mm-hmm. faith through crying out in faith, and we have that in this story. Bartimaeus cries out in faith, and his walls come tumbling down. But I'm wondering if it's meant to uh, to evoke something greater in terms of that sense of e- exclusion, that sense of um, hunkering down, of of keeping the outsider out.
0: Oh yeah there's as, as we're
1: entering into this this very challenging narrative of the passion and and this idea that that Christ has come not just for this great victory for the Jews but for all people, um, I don't think it works if you push it too hard, but I think it's a very interesting yeah. image of, of being in this place where the walls come tumbling down. Yeah, and that being where we hear this last this last story before we go on into to the Holy Week.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I see the imagery, especially, especially in Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I see that imagery, the, the, the inclusion of Jericho in particular. Um, the fact that there are no other stories from Jericho. Um, like they just skirted the city, right? Instead of yeah. necessarily going through um, we
1: know from other Gospels that things happen in Jericho. Oh, sure. Um, yep. But in Mark, there's just this—and maybe it, it is just a geographical note, this is where they were, or, or like you said, evoking that this is a great place for a blind man to be begging. <sighs> um, but I'm wondering if if there's something else to that echo of, of this great triumphal moment that came not with fighting, not with battling, not with taking up weapons— but with marching in faith, yeah, and, and having the patience and the courage, and and it's what it's a week. They right. march around Jericho, and it's a week that's coming up. I don't know. Just I you know, I yeah, I, I
0: I don't know that I'd push too hard at the <laughs> at the it, it's, it's it's lots
1: of people died when Jericho fell. Okay, right. so it falls apart a little bit. Yeah, but um, still, this this but, imagery of of this great victory that is won not through battle but through faith.
0: Sure, yeah and and i think i think there is something to it uh i, I don't think mention of jericho is is flippant mhm um because it could very easily just say on the road up to jerusalem yeah uh jesus encountered a blind man and that could have been it yeah um the inclusion for Mark, the inclusion of Jericho, uh, especially Mark, remember uh, we've been talking. Mark is Mark is everything's immediate, everything's fast paced. We're moving through stuff. We're we're not really stopping to smell the roses here. We are yeah. moving through, um, and so it's always interesting to note what details Mark includes or th- or thinks is important uh, as as the story of of Jesus is conveyed in the gospel, and so the inclusion of uh, as they enter Jericho, as they leave Jericho, I mean that's it's an important piece for for that to be there, uh, and and the reality being for us, uh, we we know because we've we've read uh, uh, the Old Testament that Jericho ha- has some significance, uh, but for the people Mark is writing to, um. It's even more. It's there. It's it's part of their their lived and understood history, mm-hmm. um, and so and so we may just be like, oh, Jericho, yeah, it's a city, uh, as we read it. For them, it is it is oh yeah. These are the other things that happened at Jericho, um, and so and so I think I think that's important. I think so. So the inclusion of Jericho, the the. The pushing away or attempted exclusion by the crowd of Bartimaeus, uh, and then the throwing off of the cloak, and not going back for it and just following Jesus—I I think I think are beautiful big themes mm-hmm. uh, in 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 this particular passage. Um, now the challenge that we have uh, when I was uh, when I was going through and 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 planning worship, um, and I'm like, oh hey uh these will work for uh, for stewardship. Um <laughs> my one concern, I think I, I can't remember uh uh what comes next week, but uh but my one main concern was well how does Bartimaeus work as a stewardship sermon?
1: How does Bartimaeus work as a stewardship sermon, Pastor Mike?
0: <laughs> You're still in stewardship too, right? I am. All right. So, uh yeah for me where i and this is this is this is the part of the program where we talk about where we think we're going to be going with this um so for ha, ha, me, ha.
1: you listen to it a week from now and you laugh <laughs> that's right
0: uh, pastor's plan god laughs yes that's right so uh so for me right now where where my head is at is the throwing off of the cloak mm-hmm. um and the exclusion, those, those two pieces, um, as far as, um, how sometimes in the church we, uh, the, the, the brushing off of things, the, the, this isn't an important thing, or this isn't an important person, or this isn't, you know, we, the, the way we exclude, mm-hmm. um, we think about the, uh, in, at Trinity, we think about, uh the big e exclusion the exclusion of uh lgbtq people the exclusion of or or the the non consideration uh uh of of uh people of color um those uh, those kinds of things are the big things we think about mm-hmm. um but there are little exclusions too and in the in the in this story in mark um the folks just tell them to be quiet, stop. Uh, kind of feels like more of a little exclusion. Like they're not saying all blind people stay away. They're like Bartimaeus, shut up. Instead, uh, you know what I mean? It feels like it feels like there's there's that that piece there. Um, and so and so part of where where I'm thinking with the exclusionary aspect of this scripture. Uh, is the the little exclusions we do? We think about the big ones, um, but what about the little ones? What about uh, the 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 person uh, who comes in uh, as a new volunteer to a ministry? They just kind of leave alone. Or what about the uh, uh, the new person that comes in on a Sunday morning and you just don't? Engage, yeah. a, a trusting somebody else might engage. Yeah. Um, that's not an intentional uh, exclusion, but it is. It it still feels and connects as exclusion for people. Uh, and then, and then the throwing off of the cloak. Yeah. Uh, throwing cosh into the wind. Um, that that kind of uh, that kind of faith that kind of uh audacity that kind of belief mm-hmm. uh is is a way in which uh, we as followers of Christ I think uh should enter in to uh the ministry that God has for us yeah um and that and that's that's not like uh that that's not saying everybody's needs to go to seminary and all that stuff what, what but but what you're doing what you're called to be doing in the church what you're called to be doing in your community um are you throwing it off are you throwing off your cloak are you are you going into it with with full passion and faith uh that that this is going uh to succeed mm-hmm. um and and I think that's the way Uh, we should enter into those, those things that we're passionate about. Um, You know, we're, we're passionate about uh, working with kids in the community at Trinity. We're passionate uh, about working within, working uh, with the kids within our own congregation. We're passionate about uh, music. We're passionate about all, all sorts of things. Um, And, and the question I think that's coming to mind for me is, uh, do we do we throw off our cloak and just run after it? Or do we hang on to it and kind of hedge? Yeah. And and kind of, well, I'm just going to do a little bit uh and and if it works great and if not I'll do something else. I still got my cloak. Yeah. Uh so that's that's kind of that's kind of where my head goes. Um and then and then the whole uh with the cloak, then there's the not picking it up at the end and just following. Yeah. Um, you throw it off and you follow. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Where are you at?
1: I think for me, I'm playing with the, the throwing off of the cloak. Um,
0: you can't. That's mine. Just kidding.
1: That's a joke. It evokes for me. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. That's right. <laughs> So a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about the the rich young man, the image that I used in the sermon was the image of our daughter finding out that there were multiple copies of her blanket that right. she loved. Right. <laughs> And uh, we had so we had backup blankets so that we could you know trade them out and wash them and, and make sure she always had a clean blanket and and one day she discovered that there were multiple blankets, and so she tried to walk around the house holding on to four blankets at the same time and just got so frustrated because she kept tripping herself up um, and realizing that more is not always better and And the image that's coming to my mind today that connects with that um, this idea of letting go of our security blanket, of, of letting go of that thing that we hold on to that is our hedging of our bets, as I think you said, um, or just in case, or this, I've, I've at least got this for myself. What is it that we think is keeping us safe or that keeps us comfortable, but that we might be challenged to let go of for something even better? Um I think playing with that image and playing with that juxtaposition with the rich young man that I just preached about a couple <laughs> weeks ago, um, I, think, uh, I think that echo there is very, very powerful. Um, I'm not sure how exactly that's going to take form. Maybe I'll tell the story about this time that I was trying to drive to Zion. <laughs> 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 and I, uh, I got lost <laughs> along the way. <laughs> oh. Oh but yeah this uh, this letting go for the sake of discipleship
0: it yeah I, and i and i I, th- I think that it as far as a stewardship sermon goes uh, because we're kind of yeah, bracketed season. bracketed into that theme um i think that's kind of where where we where we have to go um but i also think it's where we want to go mm-hmm. because we are also in this time of um pandemic and vaccines and kids are kids are about to uh five and up are about to be able to have access to the vaccine and what what kind of doors and pathways does that open up for for ministry in the church throughout the entire pandemic um when we were doing fun with faith uh in our preaching um we we used a lot of the imagery of exile um and And that return from exile mm. uh, is is something different um, It's different than just getting back to normal mm-hmm. um it is It is figuring out uh the reality of of the the newness and difference of the world, the community around us, and how best do we do we fit do we serve in that and do we do we how best do we reach people where they where they need to be reached mm-hmm. um and and those are the kinds of things we need to uh maybe maybe in that analogy uh, uh the cloak is the past mm. uh the cloak is is uh where we felt warm and protected and comfortable um but we're entering into a new era of Ministry for followers of Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and how we do things and how we approach things, um, and as we know, uh, change is scary for a lot of people. Yeah, um, we, <laughs> especially, especially, um, I understand it. Change in in how we how we do worship um, is scary for people because they get so used. to to things uh, the way they were and its comfort and its uh its familiarity. Um and so and so uh, I think if we're looking at uh changes in how we interact with the community uh over over uh, and instead of like just oh let's change the way we worship. Um even though that's a big piece with streaming now and stuff, but mm-hmm. um but looking at the change what we're focusing on for change uh, within within the context of our of our local churches uh, should be the outward facing pieces mm-hmm. um, the, the inward stuff the the, the people that are uh, uh, the people that are members the people that are are looking for uh, that spiritual place that familiar place um, they're they're going to keep coming there. Mm -hmm. Um, but as we're looking to interact with a world that is, uh, in a vastly different place than it was, uh, at the beginning of 2020, uh, we need to, uh, to be looking, uh, to new ways of facing outward,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, throwing off the cloak of, of the old,
1: I have a feeling, even if we both talk about throwing off the cloak, we're going to go in very different directions. Oh, of with course it. we are. That's the fun <laughs> part.
0: That's the fun part. This—that's yes. why this gets real this week. Yeah. Because we are both preaching on it, which means we—we uh, we really aren't going to be able to do a do a crossover until like Friday or Saturday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we found that uh, you can't cross. Can't cross the streams. You can't cross the sermons. Ooh, good Ghostbuster reference. Um, until uh, until we both have something fairly well cemented. Otherwise, um, I read Mike's and I go, "Oh, that's a great idea. I should incorporate that into mine." And it just gets all muddy and messed up. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So
0: and and yeah, I don't know if y'all are aware of that, but that's part of the beauty of being a clergy couple. Uh, is we are able, whether we're on the same scripture or not, to swap laptops towards the end of the week. Uh, and and figure out if the the other person uh, sees does it hang together does it end well does it begin well does yeah. it capture the attention is is it theologically sound yeah. uh or am i a complete heretic uh you, you get to do that uh and i don't know I, I have no idea who our audience is at this point um
1: it, it may just be us but this no, is oh, no, still I know it's for not. for know no no
0: i know it's not just us um, okay. i can i can see the analytics um but i guess if if there are other uh Clergy people who are uh, listening, and you don't have a clergy couple, like you don't have a clergy spouse. Um, I think it might be very, very much worth your uh, time and effort to to find another clergy person uh, that doesn't have a clergy spouse mm-hmm. and uh, enter into to some type of uh, covenant relationship where you're gonna you're gonna swap sermons uh your your outlines your your manuscripts however you do that you're going to sit down uh towards the end of the week and talk through where you're at and uh and be able to give each other uh constructive feedback yeah uh, i know i know for me it makes all the difference um knowing uh knowing that i have uh brie to be able to uh be like yeah that ain't going to work yeah. Uh yeah, you need to you you're all over the place. Um uh, because sometimes I can't see that or sometimes sometimes I think I I put a detail in that's in my head and I feel it's there when I read it but it's really not. And so you got to you got to get that help to push and see where where things are connecting and not connecting and so it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing.
1: Yeah. We're so, a, right. we're a good team. We
0: are a good team. Yay, us! <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Uh, we we appreciate you uh, joining us each week. Uh, feel free to uh, hit us up on the the Facebooks or the tweets or the Instagrams. Uh, all over those places. I'm all over those places, um, and I can get messages to Bree because we happen to live together. It's nice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Uh, get get us some feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, you know, is this format working out for those of you that, that were with us for 250 episodes of Fun with Faith? Uh, are we missing something? Uh, can mm-hmm. we can we bring something uh, more? Uh, do you want to hear less of something? Um, sorry, life hacks are staying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brie was going to, Bree was going to make a, a ghost account and tell me to get rid of the life hacks. Uh, I know it. So
1: I would do it right straight up on my own that's, account. That's
0: true. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let us know, uh, at rev Mike, UMC, just about anywhere. Uh, and, and like I said, I can, uh, I can, I can get things through to Brie. So, uh, I'm Pastor Mike. I'm Pastor Bree. We're glad you're with us. Have a great week. God bless. And remember that God loves you,
1: and there's nothing anyone can do about
0: it. Peace.